Everybody, welcome again to a show to be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of betters, the show of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today's guests are the fine founders and proprietors of Bitter Cube in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Nicholas Kasevich and Ira Kopowitz. I caught them on their tour here in Texas. They were doing a happy hour showcasing all of the wonderful Bitter Cube bitters at Half Step. Had a few fine cocktails, and I really wanted to have the dynamic duo Nick and Ira on the show. We talk about a lot, of, a lot of different things. There are two very distinct personalities and two very different sets of talents, but once combined, it is a super dynamic duo, and it was a great chat. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Nick Kosovich and Ira Kopowitz. That's great. Uh, you know, I think that the more that we get to travel around and meet people, you know, I think we were all sitting around last night talking about, you know, kind of like kindred spirits, you know? Yeah. And it's like Chris Bostick and the the two of us. He's basically our best friend. Yeah. We just, <laughs> oh, none of us knew it until yeah. last night. I think Chris is like everybody's best friend. He's yeah. very good at, at being likable. He's very good at conversation. He's good at talking about the right things, making yeah, you and feel the, welcome. And we all, and like we all, we all kind of come from the same cloth Yeah, and it's just kind of, interesting to to put all those dots together right yeah it's it's really great to uh you know the uh unfortunately i never got to meet him but the the sasha petrosky lineage you know and right that i read through so many yeah, yeah yeah and and it's impacted so many people's lives you know people that you know hundreds and hundreds of people oh, that yeah. don't yeah. have never met him like myself and right and uh you know it's interesting to have sit around and have some drinks and and uh uh tell stories about those those moments and experiences it's really and that's cool. kind of that's the interesting thing about history and, and just the, the lineage of storytelling and folklore and stuff it's like it existed once and then generations carried on so it's like in a sense sasha's memory it's like this apparition but this just kind of hangs over the industry in such a positive way and everybody has so many great things to say about him i've only got to talk per- peripherally to to him and to people that knew him you know so yeah it's it's um it was a like a tough moment i think when when that all happened for yeah. a lot of people just you know the the realization that we we lost like an icon and someone that meant so much not just to to uh to us as as cocktail makers but mm-hmm. also to to the to guests and to people that actually experienced like what what he did because you know how many bars are affected by Sasha just, you know. Right, like in, even directly or parallel. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. and The culture, it's, it's like, the you know, just a rough comparison. So everybody's affected by the Beatles because it's so, in that particular culture, it's just so ubiquitous. You can't help but not avoid it and be influenced by it, you know. It's that same thing and it's almost like. We, hopefully you just embrace it and, so, yeah. you know, that's the best part is when people just embrace the Beatles or someone like Sasha <laughs> instead of just, just like trying to copy. Just like, yo, I invented putting tools on the bar. 
I'm the first bar to do it. Like, no, no, yeah. I don't think so. I put, I put ice into spheres. Yeah, well, real profound, right? Like, <laughs> this kind of weird bits of innovation. But it's good that you guys are in Austin. You, you come through here very, very much. This was my first time in five years. So, you know, oh, one cool. of our, one of our biggest clients and partners is uh, uh, Bombay Sapphire, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been uh, part of that most imaginative bartender cool. competition. So you for, know Mr. Lavenue, then of course. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and so my first. Uh, two years doing that. So this is our sixth year now, uh, part of that program. And, and I came to Austin then and uh, judged those competitions. Oh, very cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, my first ever competition with uh, Bombay was here in Austin. And the first drink I had to try was a smoked salmon-infused gin martini. Good God. <laughs> I was convinced that people were, were messing with me. You know, like I kind of looked around and I was like, this is somebody's pulling one out here. Yeah. I was like, well, how, what's the process? How did you make it? You know, and he was really excited about it. And it was a really good learning experience, you know, because yeah. uh, I realized then that, you know, I am no longer in control of what I put in my body. No. Uh, so, um, you're watch chopped. Yeah. You never, yeah. It's like that shit. It's like, well, bull testicles. And if you forget to take the sack off, and then yeah. you're just going to eat it. The judges yeah. are sit there. Same thing with the fingernails on the chicken's feet, you know? It's like, that's exactly. what you expose yeah. yourself with, to. With fresh dill. It was dill, yeah. Good, yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> no, but up. that was the last time I was here, and, and I'm not. Sure. I, what about I, you, Ira? I I love Austin. I grew up in Norman, Oklahoma. So oh, did you really? I did, yeah. So just up I-35, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit, and um, I have some friends that moved down here in, in 2001. So mm-hmm. I've been coming coming to Austin off and on since then to see those dudes, and but bas- I, you know, honestly, like since we started Bitter Cube. I haven't made it down here. Nick's been here a couple times. Yeah, but yeah. This is my f- first time back since we, since we started the company. I, th- I think 2007 was the last time I was here. Really? Okay. Um, it was 10 years ago now. Yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years. I mean, it's crazy how different the city is. It's insane. Yeah, you talk about the copy of a copy is kind of starting. That's how you know that there's been progress or maybe a de-evolution maybe, but that you, you get good stuff, but then you get a copy of the good stuff and then you get a copy of the copy of the good stuff. Mm. So this industry is just expanded and it you get people everywhere. Like leading it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a really important part of our company is the idea that, you know, everybody deserves a well-made cocktail right. and smaller and smaller markets see the value of elevating cocktail programs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, consulting is a big part of what we do. And so, you know, the fact that we can, you know, have a client in Florence, South Carolina that yeah. wants to have better cocktails is important. You're matchmakers in a way. It's matching it's, people that want good taste with good taste. Yeah. And, you know, we've been doing this for six years now. And, uh, you know, as Bitter Cube, and then before that, you know, we've been making cocktails since. 2006 yeah so could walk me through that so Ira, you're from norman what the hell got you out of oklahoma not that not that everybody that's from oklahoma doesn't want to leave really quickly but what, what took you did you go to school elsewhere like, i do have some good friends that still live there and are and are killing it yeah um, norman oklahoma is amazing no i know it it's, cool. it's and we actually have a one of my one of my uh best friends growing up owns a restaurant in norman and we're, mm. we're partners with him in the venture oh, we cool. go back there uh regularly to update the menu so we actually really do love Norman. Um, but, but you I, left, I, though, Yeah, I, le- I left uh, after college just to kind of move to a different place. So I, I moved to Chicago because I hated myself and loved winters. Oh, apparently. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I just keep moving further north. I don't know what's wrong with me. 
Were you so um, you went to, so you went to school in Oklahoma? What were you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business or no, no, or? I didn't. You know, it's funny. People either think Nick and I are either chemists or you know business. But right. We we were neither of us are that. We are just tenacious at what we do. But right, right. I actually studied comparative religions. No shit. In yes, in, in college, and um, I just wrote a lot about about Comparing how weird to, religions. Are. What it. It, if not to get into religion, but what was the main takeaway? <laughs> yes, let's they're not. all like the, they're all like the same thing, really. In the end of the day, right? The same kind of objective. Same yeah, thing. it's it's all culture. Like I guess my takeaway from studying religion is that religion is culture. Yeah. Culture doesn't exist without religion, but religion doesn't exist without, without culture. culture. Kind of a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, same yeah. Thing with food, right? Food probably maybe exists, but it doesn't thrive without culture either. Same thing with art, right? They kind of set these things in motion. Yep. So, but you head to Chicago because it's colder, and you wanted to be colder. Hate yourself. Why don't you to Seattle Uh, then? And like, it's all rainy. Write some lyrics. Grow a bigger beard. Oh no! Yeah, I I moved to Chicago and immediately fell in love with um, everything that I experienced there. Um, That's an extremely condensed version. You want to talk about the <laughs> 47 countries you've been to, Ira? Would you like to touch on that? Well, yeah, that, were you a preacher in 47 countries? <laughs> no, 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 no preaching. <laughs> I only preach the goodness of the cocktail. Thank you. Um, no, yeah, I moved to Chicago and um, fell in love with you know the the culture, and I, I met some really wonderful people there. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for the owners of the violet hour before it was the violet hour oh cool um, okay like i don't know maybe five years before what, what year are we talking when you hit it up there uh 2003 oh shit so it's pretty early on then and you're in your early 20s i take yeah, it i'm yeah i'm i'm 23 at that point yeah are you student of the world because nick suggests that maybe you were out and about mingling backpacking I, through I, europe yeah i lived in chicago for a couple of years and then um saved saved as much money as i could and then mm. i traveled to 22 countries in europe over the course of like 10 months nine months that's incredible for just because yeah just just because you weren't this following is, iron maiden or something on tour no or, no you know this is like kind of like right before facebook yeah. so uh i had a digital camera which is awesome sure it was uh, then i don't know now if it's there awesome. were internet cafes and not iphones right that. and i guess that's the era of, <laughs> that i traveled in europe you still kind of had to meet people yeah yeah. it wasn't you, fully automated through your phone it yet was, it was still forced to yeah. uh, look people in the eye to get directions <laughs> um and then when i moved back uh or when i came back to the states i went to boston uh-huh. uh, i lived in boston uh for a couple years uh and i met uh Justin Pike, who runs the Tasting Kitchen. Okay. N- then n- now he runs the Tasting Kitchen. He's an amazing dude. Mm. In in Venice, uh, when we were in Boston, we were just um, making uh, strawberry basil gimlets. <laughs> right. Is that where you guys met? Shaking the fuck out of him, you know. No, we met in Minneapolis actually. Minneapolis. So, so yeah, you grew no, up in. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like going way on. No, no, it's my job to connect these dots yeah, yeah, yeah. to provide a cohesive and cogent narrative. We, we for don't meet until right? everybody thinks that we like grew up together. Yeah, know? yeah, like yeah best yeah. friends Th- growing thick up. Thickest thieves, right? Like, yeah. 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 I mean, we are, but uh, it happened uh, in 2009, actually. Okay. So, so but you 2008. 
2008. Okay, 2008. And, and so in Minnesota, you're, you said Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah. So I was... Are you from Minneapolis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm from Minnesota, uh, like a town an hour south of there. But okay. Yeah. Grew, I, that's where you grew up? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we... I had a bar in Minneapolis called Town Talk Diner that I was the bar manager at. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. We, Town Talk Diner. <laughs> that place was amazing. What made it amazing? Uh, well, it was this old diner that was from you know the the forties, uh-huh. and uh, it was um, you know ab- abandoned basically. And then these two uh, great mentors uh, reopened it and kind of did like a finer diner concept. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, and uh, the the first chef that was there had worked at the French Laundry. And, oh, uh, shit, okay. Um, and then uh, that's kind of where cocktails started for me. And my, uh, you know, the owner that was there, you know, managing the bar, and, and I was learning from Aaron Johnson, uh, had a culinary degree and, and had worked in, you know, some of the best restaurants in town. And mm. uh, he had a really interesting approach to cocktails, which was, you know, taking food and taking the, the 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 culinary side of things and incorporating it into, uh, in into cocktails. And so, so was this in the early two thousands as well? Yeah, it opened in two thousand six, and uh, but you know what was amazing about it was that there wasn't it wasn't about technique. You know, it was about flavor, and you know we weren't using jiggers, we weren't uh, we weren't following any rules. There were no rules. It was more like what can we make? How can we make it taste delicious? And uh, so is it like in your so the one thing is always interesting is that hospitality, although it seems like the serendipitous thing that people just get into, it runs in so many people's families. and You never really notice it until it's like, oh, yeah, my mom has odd jobs. She was a waitress or whatnot. But you guys' families, were they in that business at all? Hospitality? No, not mine. Yeah. What would your folks do? Um, I mean, my I grew up in a in a town called Faribault, Minnesota, and uh, there was a turkey factory there. And my oh, really? my mom and my stepdad worked at the turkey factory until it closed down, and then uh, from there, um, various jobs throughout. Job. She's yeah, she's retired now, but uh, yeah. So um, you know, it's about an hour south of Minneapolis. You know, just a small town. So is it, is it what one might say remote? Like, is it? feel disconnected from stuff or is it uh you know it did more when i grew up there but you know it's 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 now a commuter town which oh, is really? nice because it's bringing life back into yeah. what you know those those towns kind of on the outskirts of bigger cities start to kind of fade away a little bit so um it's starting to kind of revitalize a little bit there's yeah. there's an actual like nice restaurant there now that's a big deal that's a yeah. big deal that's not chili's right <laughs> yeah exactly it's almost like the chili's is the first sign of civilization yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> or a no. walmart you know it's <laughs> or the or the the end of civilization the, yeah, the beginning of the end yeah so absolutely. you know what ira's ira's in in chicago he's doing violet hour and you know which was you know what really big deal that happened in chicago you know right. and again going back to the the sasha lineage right so um he was dating a girl that lives in minneapolis and she wants to take him to places where they're doing cocktails and mm-hmm. uh there, there's this bar called Brad Street Craft House that was that we heard was opening up, and it was a Toby Maloney bar. Okay. And so, like, there was only two places in town really doing great drinks, and uh, suddenly we hear that this this guy from Chicago is going to come up and going to show us how it's done. And apparently, he had this come guy going to show you. How no, it's no, done. no, okay. no. Toby Maloney did. <laughs> okay. Toby, my mentor. He, yeah. He's like he, you know, he's he was the first person Sasha hired at Milk and Honey. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and 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 he open the violet hour uh with the guys that i was saying earlier i right. worked with um he had actually worked with them years before shucking oysters he used to roll into work uh in a kilt nice uh anyways he, he opened he opened the violet hour and 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 you know that became 
you know a, a mecca for for cocktails right. but but these so guys you, in minneapolis thought to- toby was coming up to like scout what's going on yeah he had went to this other bar called or this other restaurant called la belle v which mm. is a really important restaurant that just closed last R.I.P. year. R.I.P. La Belle. Yeah. Jeez. This is and, uh, getting depressing. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> the trail of dead. The scene in Minneapolis is crazy. Right yeah. Now. The, uh, so he had come up to Minneapolis to kind of scout the market and had went to La Belle V and was like asking for all these classic cocktails. And yeah. Johnny Michaels, the bartender there, didn't really know. You know, like he was like, have you ever heard of a Jack Rose? And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I make cherry liqueur from scratch. That's what I'm doing. And uh, it's so funny, right? Like you're yeah. building the skills. And it's like Karate Kid. Right? Yeah, and like, he's like, I'm just waxing the car. Johnny's like, well, uh, this dude came in and kind of hassled me. He had a bunch of people with him. They ordered a bunch of weird drinks I'd never heard of, and I told him to come see you. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, great, thanks, man. So, so you did know, you? Did were you coming up then at that? No, he was No, still, he wasn't with totally, him. Totally independent. But I go back to the bar. Didn't even know they were open in the bar at that point. Yeah. I go back to the bar and I'm like. All right, I was just happening. Face all the bottles. Let's clean this thing up. Let's show them what we got. And so we were convinced that this dude was going to come in at any day and just kind of come and try to, you know, push his weight around. And we weren't going to have it. So this girl comes in with her friend, and they start taking pictures of our drinks and of our menu, and we're like, "These are the spies. (laughs) These are the spies coming in to check out the the competition." And so then she's like, yeah, no, we've got a friend from Chicago. So it's like it all starts to make sense. And we're like, Toby Maloney is coming up with these girls. And he rolls in. And for like the first hour of the experience, we're convinced that he is Toby Maloney. <laughs> and then it turns out he's not. And he's the rat. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not. Like- <laughs> but it's funny. You know, we talk about the story, like our origin story a little bit. And like I was nervous about what they were doing and nervous about not knowing it and not in like, you know, that uncomfortability and like, right, right, right. you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, uh, pig headed, uh, ego monster. So I have a really hard that? time. Um, you just born that way, man. <laughs> uh, I have a really hard time. Like, like having, like people can't really tell me, you know, what I'm doing or how you to do to that. Find out yeah. Yourself. Yeah. And like Ira just somehow like penetrated that, you know, really giant wall. Like he's just like, why are you making drinks with your back to the crowd? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, why aren't you using a jigger? And I'm like, I don't, no, he's so not either. It's almost yeah. like he, he wasn't telling you what to do. He was just asking. bringing up questions. Well, and made he you, also made was he was also really impressed with what we were doing. So yeah, yeah. I, I loved. Um, it, it, it's an interesting story, you know. I what we were doing at Violet Hour, you know, we were fucking nerding out yeah. about cocktails. Like we, right. we were we were we were making amazing drinks for guests, and then we shut the bar down, and we'd hang out behind the bar for another two hours. Make it a lab. Amazing drinks for each other mm-hmm. because we loved what we were doing. Everything was built on technique, methodology, and built on these classics and built on on th- these these simple ideas that right. Toby taught us. So I go to I go to Minneapolis and with the girl. That's why, right? I yeah yeah I'm, I I was dating a girl you know and and. Uh, now I'm I'm married to another a different girl, presumably who's also from Minnesota, passing. by the way. Which is what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? They just keep trying to get me to move further north. <laughs> yeah, I'm you, it's yeah. ridiculous. So I go I go to Nick's bar, and I'm just like I'm searching for at this point. Like when we opened Violet Hour, it was you know there just wasn't a lot a lot of you know cocktails going on. So like anywhere we could I could go where I could experience. 
It's uh, the, the someone, thirst for someone, knowledge, yeah, right? Someone like, just excited about making cocktails. Yeah. I was totally into. And we go to Minneapolis and like they're doing just like like Nick said, just like is they're shaking their Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, barely, barely barely making a, a sour with, with, with fresh lemon, like squeezing, mm-hmm. you know, lemons in the thing. But then I'm looking at this menu and I'm like, this dude's making driver vermouth. Yeah. This dude's got six house. He's like doing birth. like this other stuff. This dude's got yeah. like nine bitters. It was you like know? we were scribbling and I was like writing in uh, like uh, what's the uh, like uh, calligraphy. calligraphy, right? Yeah. And it's like these two worlds and like he, I see the calligraphy and I'm like, you know, and I, he, he, he had come up to Minneapolis a couple times before I went to, finally I went on my birthday to uh, Chicago, like after we'd been friends for, you know, um, a while. And how do you, so like, what, what were those conversations like as you guys became friends? Cause it's long distance, obviously for, a bit, I mean, he basically but. would come up and I would have like 12 drinks for him to try. And he'd like, kind of like show me some, some things and some techniques yeah. and taste some of our products. And it's like, he was learning stuff too. Cause like at Violet oh, yeah. Hour, it wasn't like they were like, you know, like when I'm like, yeah, I made these liqueurs, and he's like, oh, I guess you can just do that. Right? You know, <laughs> and so like, yeah. you know, it, it really was this really cool like I mean, beginning of a friendship. Other times but like, like, you can't make that yeah. liqueur. <laughs> Don't make that liqueur. But so think, but think about it real quick. So why why did you feel motivated to do the hardest thing there is to do, which is think about things on a, maybe even a molecular level and construct your own flavors from scratch? Like, how does that intuitive? I mean, I I think it is now, but th- at that point, like. You shake a Manhattan, but you'll make a vermouth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost Comple- like the it was flip, completely right? in my mind, at least, and from you know, from just going there, I was like, this is completely ridiculous. It's so like <laughs> they had this, they had this so little, insane. they had this little bar. It was old, an old diner counter, right? Yeah, literally, it was old diner counter, and and Nick would and Nick's a big personality. Like, yeah, people want to see him, love him, and he's literally <laughs> making drinks facing a wall, <laughs> and he's got like. He's got like a hundred unlabeled things around him. But you knew what each thing was. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was amazing. And yeah. and so the the I finally on my birthday, uh, we probably have known each other for six months months at this point. So like two thousand nine January, uh, my girlfriend at the time and I decide that we're going to go to Chicago for my birthday. Mm. And then his girlfriend at the time decides like the night before that she's going to like just stow away in the car and secretly surprise Ira. Oh, cool. So she comes down to Chicago. So then the four of us end up, it's like two days. He's just like, I'm going to take you to every place. Amazing. And I go to, I go to Violet Hour for the first time and I leave with my tail between my legs. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how to do anything. I thought I knew how to play. But I was like, no, man, it's good. Like, this is a cool thing. And I went back the second day and one of his other bartenders had actually kind of like Kyle built a, Davidson. Kyle Davidson had, had, had uh, uh, made uh, uh, a drink based on a drink that I was making at Town Talk. So Did the tale is it because Ira brought the the good? No, because no, he's, he's from Minnesota from, he's from too. Minnesota. So yeah, and he had so, been there. Yeah, he's yeah. great. And and so he was bartending the next day, and he was like, "Hey man, the, I had this drink at your bar," and I was like, "So the tail kind of came out from under the legs." Oh. I was like, "Oh yeah, I do know shoulders stuff." Back yeah, up. shoulders back <laughs> up a little bit. This is Kyle Davidson who uh, invented the art of choke. From uh, Rogue Cocktails. Oh, really? I think yeah. some, some listeners maybe will know that know that drink, and and Kyle's a a, a dear friend and an old Violet Hour uh, standby. But that was that was good. So as as that relationship starts to build, credibility, yeah, it's kind of like you're looking at like, well, if we do take the scribbling 
and we take the calligraphy and we put them together, right. that's something really special. So let's talk about house-made ingredients and let's talk about all the different things that we can produce and then let's put them through the lens of craft cocktails right. and like these classic formulas and that's kind of what started our company. That's kind of what spawned it. So was it... So you, all right, so it's interesting because I'm trying to think like, well, how does this come to be, right? So the relationship makes sense, kind of serendipitous, right place, right time. Always about girls, it's fucking always about. Girls. <laughs> it, is, it is good or bad. It is right. So that's how the mile markers, if you will. But so Ira, you did. Had you ever planned on getting into this realm of hospitality and, and cocktails and things? I mean, that doesn't seem like that's your background at all. But somehow it just took off, and it was the creative impetus for you. Like, yeah, I mean, I. My my family is um, all, we always ate re- real food growing yeah. up. My mom was born in Canada and lived in uh, Paris in North Africa. Oh wow! So like I was eating couscous and 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 hummus and and falafel when I was seven years old and yeah. in the early in the eighties, and that that mentality kind of stuck with me my whole life. Just yeah, like, yeah. Food and drink was was important, but I, real I, things. Yeah, right? and, yeah, and, and 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 they made sense. And the first time that a cocktail made sense to me was when I had I had moved back to Chicago, and mm. the, the guys that I had worked for bef- before um, had just opened Violet Hour, and they uh, they needed another guy, uh, and they said, "Hey, we need we, we need another guy that you know." comes from the cloth. Right, right. And can, can you be here tomorrow? I was in Oklahoma. Oh, can you shit. be here tomorrow? That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. I say, yes, I can be there tomorrow. So I, I packed up and left and went there. And I remember like the first the first few weeks, um, it was just a whirlwind. Because, yeah. you know, I bartended in Boston. I bartended in Oklahoma. I worked for these guys before. But this was totally new. Yeah. This was totally interesting to me and 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 relevant we were busy and i'm just making drinks i'm just making the drinks that they're putting in front of me right you know trying to trying to learn the balance and why these drinks make sense and i finally get that and i remember there was a drink on the on the menu uh called the poor poor liza okay and that drink that drink definitely changed my life it changed nick's life too by proxy (laughs) Um, it was Set the first in motion and such. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was the drink where where like all all of the connections made sense. Like mm. I tasted this drink and I went, "This is it. Right, I want right. to I want to do I want to do this. I want to make a drink this good at some point in my life." Yeah, and I think maybe I have, and part of me feels like maybe I haven't. But that's you great, know, and I want to keep 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 after that but it's that, an that, interesting that like singular moment in a sense like this just this spark this inspiration yeah yeah and it's it like was you hear this song you see this girl it's like all these things you fell in love yeah yeah fell in love with it at that moment when yeah. i tasted that drink and you know our my formula for now for the for is a little bit different than toby's don't tell him really mad at me <laughs> but uh you know that moment was was just like the aha moment where i right. said this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to devote my life to this idea. That's incredible. And it took, I didn't, you know, I didn't submit a drink to the menu for, you know, the first at least six months, maybe nine months that we opened Violet Hour. 
I mean, none of us really did. We were all just kind of taking in Toby's ideas and, mm-hmm. and methods. And then finally they were like, all right, you guys, give us some stuff. But, you know, I feel like that's one thing it, about this world now is everyone wants to make the next great well, they thing. They want to be, what's the, the I, it's been a while, and I had this conversation last night, being in hospitality or being a bartender wasn't to most people perceived as a feasible career. It's not a career. It's a transitional thing. Oh, you know, you strip for a little bit when you're in college, you pay some bills, and then you go and you become a lawyer, right? But the thing is, it's now such a big piece of the culture, and it is feasible. You can make a career out of it, you know? And that's different because the perception has changed. True true artisanship, you know? And it's never been like that before. So it's one of the nice rena- pieces of it, of it being kind of like a renaissance. Well, it was like that before before Prohibition. Yeah. Oh, we, was it really? We lost that, you know, we yeah. lost that. I mean, just deflated it. Bartenders were, bartenders used to sit with doctors at the dinner table, mm-hmm. sit with lawyers at the dinner table. Um, people used, you know, apprentices used to work under great bartenders for years before they, before they actually made drinks. Yeah. Before prohibition. So we're, we're just kind of coming back to this full circle then. mentality that this is special, interesting, and and awesome. Yeah. And Nick, so I'm kind of wondering at the same moment for you, did you have a background in food? I mean, you, you say your folks worked at the turkey factory and stuff, which doesn't expose you to production. Right. At least. But yeah. how do you, did you just have this innate ability to I mean, put food flavors was, together? Or? Food was important for, to my family. You know, like definitely like my mom's parents, my grandparents. Uh, you know, food is a really important part of, of my childhood. Yeah. You know, uh, distinct dishes, distinct smells and aromas and, mm. and learning from them. And then, you know, I was the oldest of uh, uh, four kids. And mm. so I was, you know, cooking for my family at a really young age. Wow. But, you Wait, know, what is Kosovic? What, uh, what's uh, the... Croatian. Croatian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my family's from Zagreb. Uh, oh, no uh, yeah, half of my family. So, but that's kind of the, the family that I connect to the most. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I, as a kid, I was cooking a lot, but, you know, it was pretty like pedestrian stuff, but still like just that act of, of, of uh, connecting, nurturing to food, you know? Right, right. And, uh, um, but for me, like the, in the in the restaurant business, I, I I mean I started as a bar back at a at a restaurant in downtown Minneapolis at you know eighteen when I finished my first year of school. Right. Uh, you know I went to to school for theater and then uh, didn't know what I was going to do with my life and I started bar backing and uh, and I went back to school for English and to be a teacher mm-hmm. and then we opened up Town Talk and I, I needed to have a job and, and and to you know pay bills while I was in school and that transition that was kind of like this is what i want to do i don't want to teach english yeah. i want to i want to be in hospitality and it wasn't about drinks it was about hospitality it was yeah. about this idea of you know i had i had worked at corporate restaurant structures and when you know tim niver and aaron johnson opened up the town talk diner and you saw this like freedom mm-hmm. and this like this is my house you're coming into my home and this is how we're going to do this. And yeah. it was a one of a kind, you know, in, in Minneapolis, people still talk about it. Such an important part of our restaurant culture. Uh, those, those three and a half years that that place was open. And uh, that was what it was for me was that, you know, you can, you can do this type of work, just like what you're saying. Like it is feasible right. to have this be your career. And the idea of taking care of people and making them feel special and making them feel, uh, 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 happy and, and forgetting about whatever it is that's in their life outside of those doors. Yeah. When they come into our home 
it's time to have fun. And, you know, I, after we opened up that restaurant, I went through a divorce and, uh, you know, I had a, a pretty rough go at it for a little bit. And Tim and Aaron, you know, like they, they did such a great job of just being like, you're safe in here. Yeah. Our, our guests are safe in here. The world is, is, is crazy. Insulated, it's right? crazy yeah. out there. But in here, we're just going to eat some sandwiches and drink adult malts and have a good time. <laughs> and, and, uh, maybe I drink too many of those adult malts, but, uh, the, that was what it was for me. And then after, you know, we weren't doing craft cocktails. We were just making drinks and right. we were getting accolades for them. People were like best drinks in town. And, you know, suddenly people have a spotlight on you. And when that happens, they're like, okay, all right, well, well let's keep focusing on this. I like being in the paper. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. So, and then meeting Ira was when I started to really get into the idea of cocktails and like the craft side of it. Did uh, it kind of like put a name on it finally for you yeah like, yeah like, we like didn't call it craft instance. cocktails we just you know like we, they were just drinks and yeah. um and then in 2009 i started kind of i started competing in 2008 2009 mm-hmm. and i got a like best bartender award and then i i won the minneapolis round of the most imaginative bartender yeah, yeah. with bombay sapphire and so i kind of was riding on those things and then um kind of Felt like we, I had kind of hit a ceiling with Town Talk. They had changed owners. So, you know, my mentors were gone right. and I was still there. And, and that was really hard for me. And uh started kind of thinking about opening up my own bar. And um, that brought me to Milwaukee. And in that transition, Ira, you know, I was closer to Ira now. And so still long I, distance. So you're still in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but, so like, I could just move there uh, to Milwaukee. And we had a even we had been talking about this idea of, of starting a, a company where we could, you know, do open a bar and right. then, and then that would feed the bitters. Like that was the idea. And, um, I don't know, like, you know, Nick had kind of reached a ceiling and I was, I was sort of, you know, I loved Violet Hour, but right. I had been there three years re- ready over, for something not three right? years, over, over two, two years. Ready. And, and, and uh, I just felt like you know I need to spread my wings, and sure. Nick and I had so, so such a vi- like a, this vision, these ideas together, and we had different skill sets, and we, you know, we had we just had this 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 great opportunity. So I think I, I moved down um, a couple weeks after Nick had been there in Milwaukee, then, yeah, and then we, yeah, we. Basically, I mean, it's 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 really hilarious to think about it now. How like failures we were at like <laughs> understanding how like to run a business. You know, yeah, just like understanding like what what a uh, uh, an investor is. Oh and yeah, how, and how to write a contract. What's equi- and, like, equity? Yeah, what? I mean, we basically just, we've uprooted our entire lives on someone's word. Like someone's like, yeah, we're gonna do this thing. We're like awesome (laughs) the whole whole reason i moved to milwaukee like i I have a kid and so he was really young at the time and the plan was like let's open up a bar in milwaukee and then we're gonna open up a second bar of the same concept in minneapolis within a year and a half oh yeah a year you know which is not a reality and so like you know we took this risk and obviously you know it all worked out in the end or is working out but you know so i leave i uproot minneapolis go to milwaukee and just a couple weeks later i'm like Ira, you got to come help me with this you got to do this thing and so he does the same thing and then that original plan kind of falls apart because there so, wasn't. So was it even like? Did you guys even open the place that you both? No, we didn't. No. Like we we sort of we realized like 
I had I was like there for like a week, <laughs> and we realized and he's like, like this is not. <laughs> yeah, this I seems weird. Kind of pointed out to Nick. I'm like, this is not gonna happen. Like yeah. this is a bad bad idea for us. First yeah. of all, um, but you know we we decided like we I you know Nick and I are pretty. I I think I maybe said it before. We're pretty tenacious. Yeah. And and uh, we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we said. You know, I looked at Nick in the eye and I said, "Could you go back and get your get your job back?" And he said, "Yeah." And he said, "Could you?" And I said, "Yeah, probably. We could go back." And, <laughs> I didn't break too many glasses you know, on my way out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we didn't like yeah. you know we didn't leave in in any negative ways with yeah. the places. It was just we're gonna try this thing. But we looked at each other and said, "I don't want to do that. Let's figure let's figure this out." Yeah. So we sat down for. We sat on our laptops for about a month, basically spent all the money we had <laughs> saved up and uh, and put together some uh, like consulting proposals, like proposals for mm. like big restaurant groups. And because the bidders, like no one can make, no one can like launch a bidders company and just like all of a sudden make money yeah, in, in right. 2009, <laughs> like. We go in and try to sell people bitters in 2009, and they literally thought we were selling them poison. <laughs> like that, that really happened. Yeah. yeah. If you knew what bitters were, you were making your own. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. if you didn't, we were we trying were to poison you. you. Yeah. So. Wait. So, so was it was bitter cube like in that form? Was it was it actually a business at that point, or this was well, still? Yeah. At that at that moment at that I think it really it was that moment when we said, you know, do you want to go back? Do you want to come back? No. Let's figure it out. That moment, we, Got it. we decided, so like, like, all right, we're gonna, gonna make it we're work. gonna figure this out. Yeah. So we ended up uh, landing like a six month residency at with a really great big restaurant group in mm-hmm. in in Milwaukee. They have a lot of lot of restaurants, and we 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 trained the bar staff there. We worked there mm-hmm. uh, behind the bar, and we we worked on the bitters. They gave us kind of carte blanche to like order whatever we needed and we we made like small batches of all the bitters that basically became the the variety pack Mm. the the bitter cube variety pack um because nick nick had worked had most most of the bitters came from nick's uh, repertoire right yeah repertoire like and then we we one of them came from mine most of them came from him and then we we, you know, obviously collaborated on all of them, yeah. but um, a couple of them came to be when we were, when when we were in that like first six months, and we used to like joke that we would, we would sell the, we would trade the bidders mm-hmm. for money, or we we, we, would, we would give them away for money when we were just making like one gallon jars, yeah. you know. Listen, certain laws tend to be broken <laughs> whenever you're doing something cool. No, you know, when you're that starting something, yeah. Um, and, but that that was kind of the start of it, and then when we were finished with that first six month uh, uh, cocktail residency, it was time to make the bitters legit. And yeah. so we uh, had a distillery in Madison, Wisconsin, that was uh, uh, comfortable. I don't think they knew what we were doing, and they just were like, "Sure, there's a space in back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you need? Some spirit? Okay. Well, it was it was in front first, and <laughs> then they pushed us in back. <laughs> yeah, and real quickly. Like, I don't. That, we don't like what you guys are real, doing. Real, real quickly. Look on your faces, yeah. Yeah. No, there. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Yahara Bay Distillery and uh, just you know supporting us, letting us maybe you know 
wait a little extra to pay them for the spirit yeah. and things like that. And uh, uh, so we started these first batches of bitters, and we were like what fifteen gallon batches. Yeah, twenty like fifteen to twenty gallon batches. Wow. Distribution in just you know two three states, and uh, that was kind of what the rest of that year was focused on. And then slowly trying to get more uh, consulting clients, more events, yeah, yeah. doing a couple big events, and. And so the, the original like vision for the company was like, well, what if instead of putting all of our eggs in one basket or doing just one thing, let's diverse think about it. yeah. And so you know, there's kind of like four main things that we now do as a company with making products, uh, bitters. Right now, we have a lot of stuff in the hopper this year. Mm-hmm. This is the year. This is the year it's happening. And then uh, <laughs> the consulting, which is you know, we've trained over 350 bartenders now in the last yeah. six years. What's the firm consulting? Group it's still called? it's Bittercube. Everything's oh, cool. under Everything's the Bittercube umbra- umbrella. Yeah. And we have we have active clients like active bars, twelve of them right now in the country. Amazing. And then we do events, so you know weddings, uh, big cocktail classes, private parties. I'll walk your dog. It's yeah. not cheap. She likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk uh, about it. And then uh, the uh, and then we do brand advocacy, and that's that's been really fun because you know we have some bigger clients like Bombay, yeah. you know, and then um, a lot of smaller distilleries. Uh, that you know somebody wanted to start making spirits and then they realized that there's 70 other things that you have to do to run that business Absolutely. and we we specialize in some of those things and so mm-hmm. that's been a really great thing and now we're really even diversifying where you know uh, filthy foods out of Miami mm-hmm. is uh, a client of ours in Minneapolis and soon to be in, in Wisconsin as well hopefully and uh, so now we're like you know we're we're advocating for different garnishes and yeah. there's a coffee company that that we're doing drinks for and, and these things so as all of those things slowly grow, you know, we've grown our company too. I mean, we have 10 full-time employees. Is that what you said? Wow. I don't even know them all. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not employee true. one, employee two, employee three. Yeah, they're just numbers. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. For those of you who are listening and work for Pretty Cube, uh, the culture is maybe not what you thought it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. We're, you know, it's been a really amazing six years of growth. And, and, you know, all in all, I think there's like 17 people now that, are affected closely by this company, whether it's full-time or part-time employment. And that's not talking about the, you know, 80 bartenders that are in the country that we're responsible for. So what I I tried at least three or four of the bitters last night and that my hands still smell, which is great. I think I shook hands with a couple people and they thought like they were in chocolate factory. (laughs) Fucking incredible. So the, the one I I particularly like is the Trinity bitters, which is this amazingly rich and kind of chocolatey, but spicy, uh, perfect accompaniment for an old fashioned, at least last night. So you guys have how many SKUs now for the bitters? Eight full time bitters now. Eight, eight yeah, full-time. there's a couple that we had done previously. Like we we'll do limited runs and things. Yeah. Um, we've probably got one more coming out, and then that'll probably be it. Like yeah. We'll probably leave it there. But uh, eight full uh, production uh, flavors, and the Trinity is really really cool. I, I I'm really proud of those as a company because. Ira and I, you know, yeah, the bitters formulas came from me and t- Town Talk, right, but like, right. you know, just like all the other stuff that I was doing, like he's like, all right, these orange bitters are really good. How do you make them? And I like find like a crumpled up piece of paper with a coffee stain. <laughs> and I'm like, here you go. You know, it's so like, you know, Ira really helped with the idea of like consistency and yeah. uh, knowing, you know, like. Like the reason we have two Jamaican bitters is because I basically fucked up one time, and he's just like, "Dude, you know, there's a way to do this." I was like, so we like need a, to sell these, or we're, or we're, we're literally gonna have to. What? Yeah, we we're gonna have to share hamburgers again if we don't sell this error. So um, he's like, "Well, let's do this." Like you know, like the Jamaican bitters are two completely different 
uh, uh, like measurements, but yeah. they're all the same ingredients. Understood. Yeah. Uh, almost. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. two one ingredient, two ingredients different. <clears throat> the the slight line is a better story. <laughs> I, I don't know. He's always correct. You're in charge, uh, of yeah. Yeah. in charge of He's like, always like, well, right? actually, there's one thing. I'm like, that's not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this doesn't help. Yeah, but so, the Trinity uh, bitters are three, yeah. three of the flavors that we've yeah. been you know working on for six years now, and then. Uh, we at at Eat Street Social, which is one of our you know kind of like more uh, like bigger programs that we did four years ago. We launched yeah. it. We got top twenty four cocktail bars in the country and um, in some magazine. I don't know. I just I'm just getting insane facts, yeah. quote unquote. Uh, but uh, we have an old fashioned there uh, that we were serving last night of the older fashion. Yeah, really, really good. And it gets we sold twenty four thousand of them every year. Jesus. And so we're doing the cherry bark vanilla, the boulevard, and the orange. But on a menu, you can't write all that so we'd be like well you know we're blending that cocktail and batching it anyway yeah uh, it's the trinity of old-fashioned ah, bitters got it okay so on the menu at each street it would say bitter cube trinity bitters and we use this in other places as well but guests would then be like where can i buy this i've never heard of this bitter and we're like oh no you just you take the three and blend them and they're like that i'm never gonna that's, do that's that gonna yeah. Do yeah. Yeah, yeah no you need to sell them and so we put you know, 45 gallons or something together and let them rest. And, uh, or we put like 30 gallons together, let them rest for 45 days. And the end result was this like magic that happened, right? Yeah. Like when you're taking these three different bitters, which are basically suspensions, right? Yep. And you're taking these suspensions that have all of these aroma molecules and, and polyphenols and resting them for that time. The end result is this like completely different thing because they're all connecting and changing and resting right. and, and so the the sum of the of the parts is like this magical thing. Right. And the best part about it is we took our biggest seller, Cherry Bark Vanilla, CBV pays the bills, <laughs> and our second biggest seller, Orange, and we combined it with Bolivar to become what's now our our second biggest seller. So That's good. we're just like really 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 running through uh cherry 200 bark gallons of cherry bark a month or something like that right now yeah which is crazy yeah. so so it's been going well obviously you've expanded your workforce you're six years in. you're gonna add another skew making it eight or nine you have that variety pack which is a great way an easy delivery system to get people exposed to the brand you're doing an austin tour you're in houston with justin on monday night at bad news in houston and then you're going to San Antonio. Ira, you're sticking in town, going to the towns and right, doing a tonic. Uh, yeah, I'll be in, I'll be in town all day today, and then uh, I go to Dallas tomorrow. And, oh. and 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 Nick and Justin are going to San Antonio. Last word, right tonight to hang out. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, we you know we just we just picked up distribution in Texas last year. Oh, who who do you go through? We're with Victory. Oh, right. Okay, great. And Justin kind of helped us out with that. Uh, Justin Burrow, the owner of <laughs> Captain Foxheart's Bad News Bar and Spirit Lodge. Was that it? Did I do That's it? That's good. Was yeah. that, that was right. That was accurate. That was it? It took me a year Justin, and a half. you can put the gun down now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Justin is a, one of our favorite people in the world. Uh, but we, yeah, we, we picked up distribution in Texas last year, and we hadn't been to Texas yet. Yeah. So we thought we, need, we really need to roll through and, and, and just hang out with hang out with bartenders and, and meet people and see people that are already, uh, lo- you know, using our products and just kind of 
do the thing. We're in over 30 states now, That's which incredible. is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, congratulations. And thank you. And yeah, and just, I don't know. I, I actually really love Texas and don't tell any of my friends and family from Oklahoma that I said Yeah, that. no one listens to this. You'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, this is kind of going to be the new model, I think, for us. Like this idea of being able to like come to markets. I mean, it only works in a few states where you can hit four cities in a, right. in a week, big right? Ones. Yeah, and they're yeah. big cities, but... This we'll come back and do this again in Texas. The Texas Showdown is yeah, what we're calling it. But it. you know, being able to guest bartend, meet a lot of people, you know, meet consumers and bartenders alike, yeah. and, and uh, be able to hang out with a dear friend, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. My liver's upset, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but it always is. Yeah, it it's mine. always angry. Yeah. Okay, I'm just ignoring it. Yeah, now. yeah. It's so, um, but you know, there's a couple other markets that this this model would work in as well, and and uh, it's fun. It's always good for Ira and I to be together again. You know, you talk about like. There's like a little bit of yin and yang there, and Dude, so it is. Yeah. You guys are like the best buddy cop movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who's who, right? Like yeah. which one's Danny Glover? I don't know. <laughs> which one's Mel Gibson? I, I guess Iris probably more Mel Gibson, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to I, say. I think. Well, that you know, we we compliment each other, but we also are both a little. We can also both be a little crazy. Yeah, we we uh we don't see each other. We used to see each other in madison a lot yeah, yeah. you know or you know when we both lived in milwaukee we'd see each other in milwaukee but when nick moved back to minneapolis we'd see each other in in madison but now it's like we just see each other in other cities like the la- <laughs> to, like i saw him in houston yeah. like you know and in atlanta when we got off the plane uh, Atlanta. the next so- time i see you is going to be in mexico yeah, in yeah, yeah. yeah and then the the time i saw you before we were in we were in uh at arizona cocktail week we Amazing. we Taught a seminar with uh, with uh, Eric Seed, Eric oh, cool. Seed, and, and uh, Andy Saint George, Andy, Andy Furman. Yeah. George. yeah. Well, so the last question I have for you is: I didn't realize, and I should have known that you guys knew Jr. So, can you tell me that that wonderful bond that you have with Jr. Makanu from Merchant? I suppose is where. Yeah, we met we met Jr. Who is just such an awesome dude, and yeah, he's, he's doing such good stuff here, and awesome. We so so proud of him. Uh, he he was actually one of our. He was probably our first, like our first actual like quote employee. Yeah. He 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 would rally the poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. He would rally the um the yeah, merchant crew to come and help us make bitters. Uh, at when we were in Madison, so everybody thought they were coming to learn how to make bitters. So he like he was selling it too. Be like, hey guys, you guys want to help these guys make bitters? People like, yeah, that sounds great. And then they just like show up in this room and there's like one light hanging <laughs> from like the ceiling and there's just like Y peelers and a freight, you know, a whole pallet of oranges or grapefruits. And you're just like, what is this? So like, like take their car down. keys. No, nope. yeah, take their car keys. <laughs> Give me your phones. <laughs> no phones, no keys. <laughs> a single light bulb. Everybody gets there's one, one bottle of water. Yeah. yeah. But we, we also like we did a little uh, little work on, on the, 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 the cocktail side, consulting side with, yeah. with Merchant. And those are just killing it and like they've spread their wings all of the all of the original guys from merchant are all over the country now doing such cool cool stuff and we're just so proud of all of them and and jr especially it's amazing to see him last night and hang out with him uh it just kind of brings us back to the to the old days we got in a fight last night because he says that he quit bitter cube like, <laughs> no no, you, no actually, you don't get to say that you actually yeah. still work for bitter cube no one no it. one quits bitter cube <laughs> yeah. Yeah. did he say it was for sexual harassment yeah. <laughs> generally <laughs> yeah he's an amazing it. cuddler too yeah. and I, I prefer when he's crying i do i love <laughs> oh, that no. so 
Bear uh, hugs. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're super proud of him. You know, I mean, we got to go to Vox last night. We had dinner there. We did the tonic lab with him that we're doing with cool. Bombay. And, uh, you know, it's just so cool to see. And again, you know, having, you know, impacting people, you know, just like, I mean, just like Sasha, just like Toby Maloney, you know, we really hope that at the end of the day, whenever this is over, that's, that's what we did as well. You know, that we yeah. got to, you know, change people's lives. I think not that that we're responsible for JR's. No, right. But I mean, it, that's one of the most admirable aims is that you just you impact the world positively, bring it all back around and make it about society and and eating eat a lot of tacos too is also a goal of mine. Without arguing about it, we make drinks come true. Ah, you make drinks come true. Yeah, Since I love 2009. it. Two thousand nine, beautiful. Bitter. Well, thanks so much, Ira and Nick, for chat with me. I hope you guys love the rest of your voyage here in Texas and have good luck. And I can't wait to try more of the Trinity Bitter. So just leave me a bottle if you can. You got it. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Cheers. Well, there we have it. It's another Wisconsin duo on the show this week. First, JR, now Nick and Ira, the founders of Bitter Cube. What kind of started out of necessity as a consulting gig turned into a wider interest in bitters. And the lineup of bitters that they have, I'm drinking a lime, coconut soda, orange bitters, and a blackstrap bitters cocktail if you will or mocktail here at the table and they've really put together the best ingredients and delivered some wonderful wonderful flavor not to mention those trinity bitters as they're one of the most beautiful and delicious things i've ever had in an old-fashioned ever but it was great having ira and nick in town stopping by if nothing else it goes to show you that this is a community i had never met these guys before they come in we hit it off they're lovely personalities and very, very easy to get along with. And they're creative business types. So it sounds like Bitter Cube is thriving in 30 plus states now. And suffice it to say, there are some amazing things on the horizon for Nick and Ira. So thanks again for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter what you're having in your old fashioned, what kind of beer you're drinking in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, please keep dancing.